It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. So I'll, I'll tell you the narrative I'm not buying out of last night. Mm. I'm not buying second half fade out narrative. I'm buying saw challenge, met challenge. Didn't fall in, saw the swans coming, repelled them. There's a, a lot of that. I, I'd agree with you with that. Uh, they did look a little tired compared to how fleet of foot they were, especially in that second quarter. They were unstoppable. They just looked like they didn't run the ball as well in the second half. But that's got everything play, you know, with this sport. Everything plays into each other. The opposition have it more mm. often. The opposition are putting you on the back foot, making you chase more. When you turn it over, you can't run out as fast either. So it plays into it. They did meet the challenge. They were They were fantastic. You always have to take these games and say, right, we look at it and say, yeah, did they fade out? Did they this? Did they that? If that was the final game of the week of the year, you'll take that every day of the week. They got the points. They were ahead. We'll look back at this score and see 102 to 87 and we'll recognise it was a tick, one of the eight wins at that point in time. So I thought he can't play the game at the intensity of the second quarter. So if you've got that in that in your armoury, you unload your shots there and then there's inevitably a time where the opposition will come at you. Do, do you have the wherewithal, do you have the defensive resilience to hold them off? So they nearly got overrun by Hawthorne. They nearly got overrun by Port Adelaide. This wasn't quite in the same genre, but in each of those, and Jacob Wittering's the poster boy for it, and he's not alone, they have actually withstood the challenge at the end, whether it be the last five minutes where they stood against a surging opposition or last night where it was much more across the, the final 30 minutes. They got outplayed in the third quarter, but under siege for stages of that of that final term is Wiedering had his moments, Plowman had his moments, De Koning had his moments. Like, I thought there's... You want both. You want the capacity to blow a team off the park and then you want the, the sternness in your makeup to be able to repel a challenge. I thought we saw the best of both of that last night. The, uh, the thing I would counter that with, and yeah, we're in heated agreement there, is that some teams, that pressure they put on in the forward line is close quarter pressure. It's when there's... Remember that you and I looked at each other and thought... And we were both doing the same both thing. Counting. We were counting the Sydney Swans players in the vicinity. And what did we come up with? 14 out of 18 on the field were within a picnic rug of each other. And Carlton still got the snap away. I think it was Durden on the left foot, was it? No, it wasn't Durden. He, he kicked two other goals. Uh, whichever player... Might you, have been the Fisher goal in the second quarter. It could have been. But it, regardless of that, uh, that's close quarters pressure. What has happened to them, I think, in second halves, and it was uh, and the boy CJ, um, he exemplified it. When there is an outward-bound run, they cannot, not cannot, they seem to struggle in second half to hold a running team with space in front of them. I mean, everybody does if they're quick enough, but they love the close-in quarters uh, uh, physical pressure. Once the ball gets spilled out to a back flank, yeah, the opposition run them away, and I thought Sydney were very good at that. So there's a, 
it's two different types of one's in the shield wall and one's in open pitch yeah. battle if you yeah. know what I mean yeah, so. if you're a Blues fan listening the second quarter's on right now on Fox <laughs> so I reckon that's the perfect time to turn it on Kane Corns welcome to Crunch Time uh, hello gentlemen yeah great to be here terrific game of football I just couldn't have been any more impressed with them um, the thing that oh, I'm not sure exactly what you've touched on in the first five minutes so couldn't hear unfortunately but imagine going in with Hickey and Laddams and getting smashed around the ball with De Koning, who must be 21 years of age and Silvani and Cripps as your, your Ruckman so I doubt whether we'll see John Longmire take the risk on two big Ruckman they couldn't hide them in the last quarter certainly the ball seemed to be following Laddams inside 50 and he couldn't make anything happen but that was what impressed me like I look up and Silvani's in the centre bounce and they're winning stoppage. I'm going, how does how does that happen? And then I look at the the stat sheet and I see the hit out number favouring Carlton. They've got two genuine ruckmen in their side against one, maybe one altogether. Like the Cunning's yeah. not your genuine ruckman. You got Silvani and Cripps and they lose the hit outs by seven. So I think they'd be really really disappointed with that Sydney, but. From a positive point of view, the way they just out-hunted Sydney at ground level, I know you touched on that just then, Derm, in the forward 50, but I thought around the midfield as well was significant. So we know Sydney have had more consecutive six-day breaks than any team in the competition. They're currently coming off a five-day break as well. Now, they're not on their own here, the Blues, when it comes to the virus, but I'm told, and they didn't want this out there during the week, that a number of their players will crook as well. So I'm not sure how in-depth Sam Walsh will go with that later on, Jared, when we speak to him. But again, not on their own. We know it's doing the rounds. We've seen it at Geelong with Paddy Dangerfield and at Collingwood for the last few weeks. But a number of boys down there with the virus that's been doing the rounds. So they had to dig deep to get over the line in the second half. We did our votes last night, and uh, uh, Jonesy popped in three absolutely worthy players. And as I was driving home, you can't. It's like watching a good movie. You can't get it out of your mind. A great game, a fantastic game to watch. And and I actually pulled over. and Thought, no, I've got to have a look at this again. <laughs> yeah. And I, w- I I went through the stats. What on the Carlton- side of the Monash? No, on Beach Road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have been pulled over on the side. You could have done that easily on the Monash. Carlton had 29 shots from 49 inside 50s. The Swans got 23 shots from 56. So mm. Carlton got 60% of entries into shots at goal. Sydney got 40%. And to me, the longer I thought about that game, and Jacob Wietering controlled everything. How we didn't put him in the votes is an oversight. I'd like to apologise yeah, to yeah. Mr. Wietering. I had the same. Re- I was in the shower this morning thinking, oh, Wietering should have been in those votes, yes. you know, and then trying to recast them in my mind. Where so that was me on the side yeah. of the road. That, yeah. and, I, and I, we spoke about it last night. We just didn't get him in the votes, but I cannot speak volumes for how good that young man is. And we were sitting here two years ago. And the boy's in his second or third year. And we're saying, oh, is he reaching his potential? He always showed the signs that this is what... He, is he the premier defender right now? Key defender? Well, he's in that conversation with Stephen May, isn't he, Kane? He, he plays one-on-one. So, so he, he's a different type of defender, which is amazing to think about it, Doom. Like, you, you would have had someone sit in your back pocket all game. And it doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. And that's why I've been so critical of Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe. They, they want to sit off and they want to guard space. And yes, that's clearly a modern directive and, and a coaching directive. So it's not, they're solely not to blame on that. But they refuse to play one-on-one. Whereas I watch Fremantle 
play and they play one-on-one. I watch Wiedering play and he is so comfortable at beating his player. He doesn't need a third man over the top. If he needs to get it done one-on-one, he will. So is he the premier defender? I don't know, but he's the premier one-on-one defender. Mm. And there's not many of them left. And it's annoying me. Like we, 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 hear, we hear Chris Scott say after the game, De Koning plays on King and he says, this is Kerry and Djakovic. Well, it might be because only they're the only ones that are going to play on each other. And there's no one plays on anyone anymore. So that's why I, I love Jacob Wedding in the last quarter. They defended. The last half they defended 37 entries to 16. And Jared, mm. you touched on that. A lot of them were clearly directed at Buddy. And he's so comfortable in defending one-on-one. Whereas up the other end... Rampy was free kick every time. He's pulling a jump. Now, he's undersized. I, I get that. And he was on a player who was so red hot. But he panicked. And you could. And it wasn't... Whereas there's a calmness about Wiedering that he just knows where to position his body without giving the umpire any reason to pay a free kick. So his one-on-one work is... It's, it's an absolute work of art. It's the same movie on repeat at the moment because he's been massive. The Western Bulldogs, the Hawthorne, the Port Adelaide game, and then last night. The games where they've got that big, that Blitzkrieg's created the gap, and then they've hung on. And coming back to the way you look at it, Jared, there's a great grab from Michael Voss last night saying you've got to stop looking under the rug. Like, if you look hard enough in a footy club, you'll find any number of problems. So, yeah, sure, we can look at that and find a glaring problem, but let's just look at what we what's making it possible initially. So that's how they're looking at that's it. That first quarter... It, big Charlie Kernow got double teamed a couple of times and I thought they are one forward overhead target short mm. of a balanced mm. forward line and I thought how are they going to get around this because the two McCartans were double teaming him and I think they took one intercept mark which they held Charlie out fairly well and brother McCartan came over and took the mark and I thought how are they going to get around this how are they going to get around us Voss coached with trust Said they'll work their way through this. Charlie will work his way through it. Charlie started winning one on ones, and it made more opportunities at ground level because everything was getting spoiled from Charlie or attempted to get spoiled from that moment. I, I thought the trust in in Voss because he would have seen that in the in the box as well. I thought the trust from him to say this is the way we plan to go, and this is the way it'll be. I thought it was wonderful coaching. I don't know if this will be their year um, in, in terms of being capable of winning it, but I look forward to, uh, to their list and what, what you're touching on with, with the makeup of it. So Mackay comes back in with Kerno. Like you, you couldn't get a better combination of a, a one-two, but then you've got De Koning, who is going to be your second ruck, and everyone wants Ryder and Marshall. Everyone wants Jackson and Gorn. Now, that they're going to have this when Pitnet comes. I don't know if he's going to get back in time, like two to three months, Sammy, and that was mm. end of April. It's, it, like, it's going to be tough for him to come back and really impact. He may, he may be able to do that, but the makeup of their squad starts to think, gee whiz, they've got some real weapons in their list like some of the better teams do. After a big Friday night performance where you kick six goals, it is worth just recounting the Charlie Curnow journey. And the, the there was for a period of time despondency oh. that we would never see this. Well, that came out of the club. I mean, David Teague echoed thoughts along it. He will never be able to pre- prepare to play and maybe not ever get back to what he, he promised he would be. Now, Andrew Oppie, there's a lot of talk about statues being made for people. <laughs> the orthopedic surgeon, the fracture specialist, he needs a statue outside Icon Park at the moment because when you go back, Charlie Kerner hurt his knee twice 
in, in 18 and then in 19 and then again in 19. So he's had four injuries on the right and left knee when it comes to playing the game. And then we know the bad one, the dislocated kneecap when it came to playing basketball. That was October 19. Then he fell on uh, the stairs home in Torquay, his parents' house, the next month in 19. Fractured the kneecap there. That's more surgery. April 2020, the knee gave way lifting weights, a hairline stress fracture. And then um, that's April 2020. November 2020, hurt it again when he was having a kick-to-kick in isolation with his brother, Ed. So they brought Andrew Oppie in, a new fracture specialist, who basically said, Jerry, look, the, the, among many things, that you, why is that you're getting put into surgery, getting taken out too early? And the holes that we've drilled in into the knee, you're getting a stress reaction. It's basically too much too soon. So they went about it a totally different way. And he's come back now, um, all guns blazing, everything they thought he would be two years ago and more. Um, it's a great story at the moment yeah. for, for Carlton and, and for those who – and Adam Cooney spoke about it. He had the same injury. He was never the same player. It's, it's quite a, an amazing piece of sports medicine at the moment that has him back and firing. It does yeah. take us back, Derm, because you sat with him early in his career mm-hmm. and you could see what the possibilities were. Well, only because he's playing in the same forward line as, as – Big Mackay, we sort of say, oh, yeah, Charlie's a key forward, but he's not huge. He's big. He's genuinely – he outreached the two uh, – whichever McCartan, I think it was Tom went to him to start mm. with. He outreached him, and, that, and it gave Tom real trouble. Now, Tom has struggled with the big, big forwards. And, well, Sydney, that's why they – I think they – threw their hand in for, for Paddy thinking, can we turn him into a backman? He sort of seems a bigger version of his brother, not as agile. And – Harry would make that exemplify that problem even more. He's he's another bigger unit as well. But but Charlie Curnow is a genuinely big man, and he reaches he's one ninety two, but he seems to reach taller than a one ninety two centimetre high, uh, tall player. So yeah, I, I could see the uh, the the ability to. T- it, there's so many blokes who can lead and do it well, and and they sprint and they lead and they jump at the footy. There's not many who can do that and and turn off the line as well. And he had that agility sideways. So if you can if you can move sideways, it's an enormous advantage as a key forward. Have you got – what do you know about Josh Kennedy at the moment, Sam? It, it looked bad. It did look bad, and the club fearing the worst here in that uh, pretty horrific-looking mechanism, wasn't it? Uh, high-grade hamstring, you would say, in broad-brush terms. So he won't be scanned until Monday when, they, when they're back up uh, in Sydney. Obviously, they fly back today. They'll know more then, but they are fearing this to be uh, several months out of the game, regardless, superseding anything he may or may not get at the tribunal, of course. So when I was watching Josh in recent weeks – there's definitely, you know, a push to give exposure to some of those young players in the midfield. And they were playing Josh outside the centre square, which is a fish out of water. He'll, he'll still do what he wants to do, uh, what he's best at when, when he gets into close quarters. Uh, he can't run through the lines. He was never quick, but he was always had good cruising speed from line to line. I thought from the look of it, Josh had resigned himself to, well, this is... The corridor of thank you very much. We love you, but this is the corridor to your retirement. Depending on how bad this is, I, I, I would think it's a fifty-fifty whether we see Josh again. Mm. Yeah, I think it's probably um, less than that. Derma, it, it looked like one of those tendon ones, mm. um, Sammy, and, and it's going to be t- yeah. easy in easy in their best. Is he in their best twenty-two right now? It needs to be. That would be the question that needs to be asked. And then you put the injury on top of it. 
Kane Corns, Dermot Burton with you on Crunch Time. Sam Walsh is going to join us from the Victorious Blues as they sit 8-2. and two. Crunch Time for South Australian Tourism. Rewards wonder. Visit southaustralia.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.